life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Sandy Connolly. After enduring the breakup of a 28-year marriage that left her broken and bitter, she vows to walk through the next relationship, no matter the roadblocks, free from bitterness, anger, and blame. Because God is the same in good times and in bad. I call this episode Waiting for the Man of My Dreams, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Good morning. Hey, lady. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for giving me your time. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. And I know we haven't been able to spend time together in a, a hot minute, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always consider this just catch up time with old friends. Well, I will tell you, God has never let me go. Even at times when I've been tempted to let him go and I, and I have let him yeah. go. Right. And then realized it was really stupid to let him go. Um, and the fight back to get a grip on him, right? Mm. It wasn't him. He doesn't let me go, but he doesn't squeeze like sand through <laughs> the fingers is the best right. way I could describe it, right? He right. says, you're free, Sandy. You're free to do what you want. You're your own being. You get to make the choices for your life. I love you in spite of whatever they are. Um, and I'm going to be there for you when you turn your heart back to me. And that's really what probably the last 15 years has been because I, right. I walked, right? I baptized back in August of 95. And then it took like six months to even get me to baptism because <laughs> some, people, some people's pride is just much bigger. Than just that. a little bit. <laughs> Um, and I, I'll absolutely confess my pride at times uh, can be thick. And I think that I'm disguising it as being tenacious and determined mm-hmm. um, because those are positive, go get them attitudes. And the other flip side is stubborn and prideful. And I don't like to think of myself like that. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I guess. Um, yeah, there was a period of time when I stepped away from a relationship with God. I still talked with him. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't consistently going to church, but uh, I had grown very bitter in my heart. And I learned some pretty intense lessons um, it, the past 15 years on the difference between expectation and hope in God. Um, I can't wait and, to- <laughs> yeah, It's kind of big because you know, if we're to have a faith that moves a mountain, 
then right. that's an expectation because my faith is there and you can't tell me my faith is not strong enough to move a mountain because Jesus says it is. <laughs> right. I've had to learn the hard way, mm-hmm. the difference between um, God's will and, and mine. And mm-hmm. that is not easy to discern at times, right. especially as a passionate person or really, really wanting a dream to come true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that uh, this, this actually this past year was definitely a big lesson in God's will versus Sandy's expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so grateful that you actually did reach out to me, BJ, because I consider you to be one of the most pivotal souls in helping me hold on to God during Mm -hmm. one of those really deep valleys. Um, And uh, I can't tell you how deeply your words touched me at my going away party at uh, Leanna's house, you know, Mm -hmm. four four years ago, a little over four years ago, um, and how you felt like. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but the words were, uh, I'm sure that God brought me to Temecula for Sandy. And I feel it in every cell of my being, because if it wasn't for the stories that you shared with me, if it Mm -hmm. wasn't for the insight of Jesus loving everybody, unconditionally but there are conditions to having a relationship with him and and he loves everybody where they're at if it wasn't for that insight um i don't think i would have made it over some of the humps in my walk with jesus without Mm. that Mm. Uh, but moving so the last time we got to talk i was excited about taking this adventure to come to salem oregon where there was no church established <laughs> that's right uh accepting a position with the state up here and um i mean i still remember the moment where it was pivotal you know you, if you take the time to really listen the spirit will talk in your yes. prayer time yes and uh remember this opportunity coming up and thinking, oh, I don't want to move to Oregon because I'm really comfortable right where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I heard myself say those words as a disciple. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> you're not supposed to be comfortable as a disciple. Where did that kind of creep in? Um, so I did. I made the big jump. I moved up here. And for the first six months, I was riding high on adrenaline and faith. I was on top of the mountain. High right. feet in high places was super high. <laughs> um, and then within about six months, because I had this really deep hearted prayer about meeting another man, another potential husband I had been very faithfully praying I was going to go to the marriage retreat in 2018 I told (laughs) Kelly and Cheryl I was going to be there they need to make plans (laughs) and everybody was just like um I think it was June of 2018 so I hadn't quite been here a year but I realized that the last marriage retreat for 2018 was in October and I will i more than likely wasn't going to go. And I, I hit another pretty deep valley. 
Um, right. And for anybody who doesn't know out there, if you're listening from the PNW, you know, winters can be dark, they get, they get to be long, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing up here. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I sat on the couch from about September until the end of January, rolling into 2019, wow. and just cried my eyes out. I mm. cried almost every day. I hit some pretty intense challenges with some personalities in the office in which I worked. Um, and it took some moments of clarity in the spirit to hear uh, Satan's coming after you because I got big plans. Mm. He's coming after you because I've got big plans, Sandy. And right. you're, a, you're a target because he's afraid. And mm. so um, those words along with just a lot of tears with God, I read through some incredible books outside of the Bible uh, right. called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst. Mm -hmm. And that was very healing in many ways. Um, and uh, at the same time, still trying to be faithful at starting a church here in Salem, Oregon. And during that time, um, I actually met a gentleman who had been separated from his wife, was part of the Portland group up here. And I met in Eugene and we started a Bible talk together. And within mm -hmm. the first year, we had six consistent people coming. We had a couple of baptisms. I baptized one of my coworkers. And in that first year, like it wasn't a plan to plant a church in Salem, but it, it organically developed. And right. I got to be a part of that. Um, and then at the beginning of 2019, I was like, okay, I'm done. I, I've had my Elijah moment. I've I've wept and I've been fed and it's time to get busy. And so uh, I just let God take over for 2019 mm -hmm. and shared faith like crazy. We had people out to Bible talk all the time. I kept hoping he, the, the guy, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote, was going to come into the picture got involved with different activities in the community and nothing kind of came of it. Uh, although 2019 was a pretty pivotal year, I, um, God, he allowed for me to be promoted. Um, I was promoted into an officer role up here. I also mm -hmm. accomplished a 10 year goal, which was to get my certified public purchasing officer uh, certification. And that, okay. That was uh, a long time. That was a 10 year goal. And wow. then bought a house. So all within like three months, everything just kind of flipped and it was like, oh, okay, passed through depression. These are all goals that I had accomplished. And boom, as of September, all those goals were done. And then I literally said, okay, God, what's next? <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> 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 all that other stuff is good god but let's get to the good stuff get to the real stuff well and you know um the, some of the things i've shared about being single and a christian it's difficult when your primary love language is touch to <laughs> fight through that season of singleness and that that's right. who i am like those who know me know i'd practice massage therapy for years right. giving and receiving that's 
that's my thing. And so um, the end of 2019 though, just as I was about ready to be like, okay, he's next God. Um, I was involved in a car accident up here, pretty significant. Okay. And um, it just, it just stopped me in my tracks and uh, it, it hurt so bad. I was out of work for a period of time praying and all I kept hearing again was Satan's coming after you. I got a big plan, Sandy. Satan's coming after you. Um, and it happened to be after a day where a girlfriend of mine and I went out to the coast. And if no one's ever seen the Oregon coast, please make it a lifetime goal to come up here and see it. It's not yeah. California, right? Um, but it has its own beauty and majesty and power. Mm. And I love it. Mm -hmm. um, but it took, a, it took a good year to heal from that. All of which then we get like down in pandemic lockdown right. and i i hit this button of oh my gosh how am i gonna meet him when i'm stuck inside my house <laughs> are you kidding me god <laughs> um i actually had attended a workshop up in portland earlier in the year of 2020 and in that workshop there was a uh, uh, you may know him, Tim Timothy Sutherland out of the Denver church. They, mm -hmm. He's uh, one of the co-authors, I, I believe, for the Disciples in Motion program. Right. And in that program um, or that workshop, uh, there was a question posed about what about grief that's related to divorce? Mm -hmm. And so he had spoken about a program called Divorce Care. Um, it's a it's a pretty popular program in a lot of right. um, bigger Christian churches throughout mm -hmm. the, the world. And um, it was the third time it had come up since my own divorce in 2016 in conversation. And all of a sudden, I just heard the spirit go, what do you think, Sandy? Why don't, why don't you um, take some time to look into that? And I came home that Sunday only to discover a divorce care program was right here in Salem, seven minutes mm. from work. And it was a very inexpensive program. And right. I, I took it um, with the thought of maybe there's something I haven't addressed in my character and I'm blocking my own ability to mm. be in another relationship one day. Mm -hmm. And how stupid is that? <laughs> Right. Um, and so I joined the divorce care program that was uh, being held by a, one of the bigger churches up here in Salem, Salem mm -hmm. First Baptist. And it was Monday nights at 630. Uh, I went the first night and said, you know, I've been divorced now for at the time it was um, well separated and divorced at that time for five years. And I said, I'm really just here to learn about me. And is, is there something else that I need to fix or work on with Jesus in me? And um, three weeks into the program is when the whole country went into lockdown in the middle of that. And we had to adjust really quick to try to figure out these people. And there were, a, there was like 25 of us in the class are going through arguably 
the most traumatic thing a person can go through right. on earth. Right. I, um, I don't want to detract from the grief from losing someone. I lost my mom last year, uh, uh, August 15th. And when mm -hmm. a loved one dies, it's deep. It's deep right. grief. Um, I've heard grief described as uh, it's just love where some, there's nowhere to go. It, it has nowhere to go. That's mm -hmm. what grief is. Mm -hmm. um, but the grief that's tied to divorce, which is tied to a sense of rejection and abandonment, like you knowingly have rejection and abandonment in some shape or form in that relationship. Uh, I've since learned is, is a very, very deep cut to the soul. Right. And um, so we've got 25 people in different stages of separation and divorce in this class and we go into pandemic hmm. and uh, they got us on the Zoom. About half of the people stayed faithful, so to speak, to go through the program. Right. And in that program, I learned how much I screwed up with my adult boys <laughs> <laughs> through the divorce <laughs> and the mm. things that led up to um, the divorce. Interesting. And um, very grateful. So for me, when I walked out of that program, I learned that a lot of what I had done after taking time to not date uh, for 18, for me, it was 18 months before I actually ever went out on a date. Right. Taking time to really make Jesus my boyfriend, my mm -hmm. husband, my everything. Um, having just a very small handful of friends to be able to talk with and really find those that are not in a spot of judgment, but just genuine. Let me hold your hand and listen. I know I can't do anything about it. Um, you were one of those people for me. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I learned through that program that a lot of what God had guided me to do was the healthy thing to do to get through that type of experience. Right. And um, I met someone in that program and uh, I had been praying so consistently about who the next man God would be to come into my life. But I had expectations right <laughs> and I don't know about you but when I have expectations I'm looking for that mm -hmm. I'm looking to see if something mm -hmm. is checked off on the list right absolutely yeah and so as I got to know this man who um was part of the mainline churches of Christ understood discipleship um lived portions of it in his life mm -hmm. he was six tall and that was an expectation on my <laughs> check <laughs> there was and I, I hate to say this well because this is being recorded but I'll say it because it's really key like there's a lot of people who knew I was praying for a six-foot tree to come yes. into my life <laughs> and this gentleman's last name was the name of a tree <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that but okay. he was six feet and his last name was the name of a tree and I literally had this moment, BJ, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's here. I met him in divorce care. I can't believe it. <laughs> I was a nutcase for about three months. And I immediately introduced him to the spiritual family up here or tried to. 
he was very standoffish. Most of the spiritual family up here gave him an opportunity to get to know him, but they're like, mm, no, Sandy, this isn't the one. And I refused. Not the right tree. Nope. Nope. <laughs> People told me all the time, this is not the tree. This isn't him. Uh, but I, I do have to confess, uh, my heart wanted my expectations way more than I wanted God's will. And so I, I, I started to see things in him that really weren't there. And I right. let my, I let myself be deceived in ways that Satan is so sly mm-hmm. at uh, twisting the truth, just like 10 to 15 degrees to make yes. it taste so good. Right. Um, but he wasn't the one and it truly broke my heart. Mm. Dare I say more than the divorce, because at that point, like my heart had been so hurt and calloused in many ways, right? The divorce brought about some sense of relief, but this was all in all out deception. And, um, I really wasn't sure how to turn to God after that moment happened, but Mm -hmm. I did instead of getting angry with God, who has all the power in the world to make dreams come true, to make prayers happen right, and give him all of that credit and then have my heart flip and be resentful towards him Mm -hmm. because he's withholding from me, right? That's what Eve's issue was. Right. What do you mean you're withholding from me? Fine, right. I'll, I'll do it myself, <laughs> you know? And um, I didn't, I didn't do that with Jesus this time. Hmm. Uh, in the midst of some very long nights and a lot of tears, I lamented with him. Um, I learned through divorce care, there's a difference between complaining and lamenting. It was explained that complaining is complaining about God Mm -hmm. and lamenting is complaining to God and bringing him into it and engulfing yourself around him or allowing him to engulf you in the anguish, the pain, the complaint. This this is not okay. I just finished reading through Habakkuk and, and watching how he ends on. Yes. But you're God. But you're God. I love it. And I'm going to be joyful no matter the circumstance because right. you only do good. And I, I still remember the night um, I was laying in bed. My body was broken. My heart was broken. The tears were just flowing. And I said, God, I don't understand why, why you would allow such a cruel joke because of the six feet and the name. And it was so evident that he was the one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any human that would not have seen that as God answering the prayer. And <laughs> I felt stupid that Satan got to dupe me again. Right. And um, it sickened me. And right. I said to God, okay, all my expectations are aside. I don't know when and how, but I know you. And you know me and my needs and my wants. And there's no way you're going to allow me to be on this journey without a companion for the, with, without a companion for the time that you think I need to draw closer to you. 
Mm -hmm. I completely surrender. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know where he's coming from. I don't know who he is. I really don't. I just pray, God, that you open my mind and my heart and my eyes right. for when he shows up on the scene, because I don't even know where to look. We're all still in pandemic. I can't join community groups. Like I had this whole plan right. to get out there and just put myself out there. Um, I know we're part of the same family of churches so to speak, ICOC, <laughs> and um, I was not tied into just dating men like that. I said, God, there is a man out in the world right. that I'm going to help him, and he's going to help me, and I don't know where he's coming from. I just, I have to have my trust in you. You're going to tell me when he shows up. I went to let me, jump, let me ask a question. Uh, this is so great. I, I love where you're going with all this. Okay. What <laughs> is it? Because there's a turn and I want my audience to hear it because somewhere along the way you chose, or it sounds like you chose not to get bitter this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, so you went through a period of time in which things were broken and you went through your, your, your bitterness stage, you had to fight to come out of it. Yep. Then you have this guy, the, the tree, six foot tree, and everything seems and sounds wonderful. And it yep. is not. And now you're at that crossroads. But somewhere, something was different this time. What helped you to make that choice not to get bitter and angry when before, like most, you would have? <sighs> Give me a second. Cause I'm trying to take, I'm trying to take the feeling mm -hmm. and put it into words mm -hmm. years ago when my ex stepped away from the church, the first time it was easy in my young Christian walk to blame God mm -hmm. because my faith taught me he's God, he can do anything. And it made no sense to me whatsoever. Why a God who's good would allow the love of my life at that time mm -hmm. to walk away from him. Like, I just didn't understand that. I didn't grasp the concept of enough free will that we right. have our right. responsibility as human beings, as a mm -hmm. soul. Mm -hmm. We own the decisions that we make. I just didn't have the maturity then, I think, right. the trust right. level. I don't, I don't know how to put the words into place, but I can tell you that this time, um, when my heart was this broken, I remember saying, okay, God. My heart wasn't broken enough. It needed to be broken some more so that you mm -hmm. could seep in some more. Mm -hmm. And I also know I am stupid at times and I can make poor decisions. And I am not you. I am not God. And my commitment in loving you and being married to you for the rest of my life is to be surrendered to your will um, and to be obedient to you. I have been disobedient and I don't want to live like that. I don't want Satan to have my soul. There's too much riding in on this. There's me, right. it's my children, it's my grandson. It's <laughs> their, their loves, right? Their, their wives and their girlfriends and all the people that are in my sphere of influence. Like I, I I'm not trying to think it, it's all about me, but there is an aspect of Sandy, who has free will to decide. And I wasn't right. going to let this small battle that Satan won 
with me to be the victory overall over my life. And yeah. to give that over to Satan would be becoming bitter with God, right? It's right. one or the other. Right. <laughs> I'm either going to serve Satan and be bitter towards God, or I'm going to be like, you're God and you get to decide. And I just need to surrender and, yeah. and be right there. And not in a place where I feel stepped on or confined or squashed in any way. It's just like, you're God, you know better than me. And I just need to accept that. I just need to really accept it. Yeah. I love what I, what I'm hearing, what the spirit is speaking to me is you matured. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) The Sandy, I mean, it's only been four years, but it seems like a lifetime ago, but we can go through excruciating pain and deal with it in an immature way, just because spiritually we're immature. Yeah. And then what happened is God used that pain to mature Sandy to where she is now. So that when this happened, you were able to take a mature stance with it. God, the pain still hurts. The, yeah. the, the disappointment is still there. But now I can deal with it as a spiritually grounded woman. Mm-hmm. Where before I was kicking and screaming as a child. Yep. You know, and I think that's what I'm hearing. And and just again, for the listening audience, whatever we're going through, whatever we're fighting up against, if you stay in there long enough and learn from the pain, it will mature you to a place that God doesn't say, I'm promising never to take you through something again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But he is saying when you go through it, you'll be able to stand up under it this time in a way that you didn't before. There have been moments of surrender that stand out in my brain. The most, um, one of the most poignant ones was when um, my youngest son, Andy, was literally holding on for his life at like nine, 10 years old. Right. And uh, remember praying in the hallway, God, if you see something coming in his lifetime that he's not going to make it to heaven and you think it's his time now to prevent him from going through that pain, then take him. Thank you for the time that I had him and it sucks to have to let him go, but, you know, take him and graciously God didn't, I still have, still have my Andy. Um, But I remember that moment of surrender. I remember the moment of surrender and making a tough decision about my marriage and the surrender to move to Oklahoma or to Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as of late, as after, of that, <laughs> uh, after that really tearful prayer, um, I was determined to not fall into depression again mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of said, you know, I can't stay here forever. It was probably about 35 or 40 days or so. I talked to three different women, uh, my sister, my hairstylist and a sister <laughs> down in Eugene and all three of them in a period of one week said, why don't you go online dating? And I was so adamant to not do this again because I'd done it at least three times in the past four years. And it was such a horrible experience. Right. But thinking I might be prompted by the Holy Spirit there, I went ahead and signed up with an online service, um, not necessarily affiliated with churches, but I had put up a very honest, this is who I am, this is who I'm looking for profile. 
And I prayed to God, please don't let me be on this too long. I don't want to deal with all the creeps. I just don't. <laughs> please, please. If his, if this is your plan, make him show up quick. And mm -hmm. the day that I activated my profile, I went through all the suggested matches <laughs> and I blew through them. <laughs> and I had the preference of six foot or taller. Okay. And... <laughs> Still looking for the tree. <laughs> so worldly in some ways, but I'm just being honest. And um, so all of a sudden they had this little feature that said, have you considered? And then it popped up 20 matches and there was this man's face and it was so handsome mm -hmm. and inviting. And then I was like, oh, who's this? And so I started reading through his profile and he loves Jesus. And he wants time at the beach and he loves the coast. And his day of like the perfect day was, and I remember his line, it was a little bit of prayer, a little bit of work, a little bit of exercise, a little bit of me and you time. It was just like the perfect day. Right. So <laughs> I sent a little smile <laughs> and he responded back within like 15 minutes of my smile and his his opening line was sandy now that's the name of a true beach enthusiast that i want to get to know <laughs> and so from there we had a little bit of a conversation that went back for a day or two we had uh two video dates um and at first i wasn't sure that he was kind of what God was thinking the reason he hadn't popped up was because he's five six. He's not six feet. <laughs> but um, I learned that his his divorce, which had been ongoing for a long period of time, and he'd been married for twenty nine years. I was married for twenty eight. It wasn't as if commitment wasn't something that either one of us knew. Right. Um, I told him I would not date him until his divorce was final and it was in Utah and it was COVID lockdown in the courthouse and it just wasn't moving. And he called me up within two days and said, I've got my divorce papers. I'll send them over to you via email, PDF. Wow. Will you please go out with me? Oh my. <laughs> So uh, we did, we had a, a long day. And at the time he, he lived in Puyallup, Washington, which is about 15 minutes away from Andy and Chelsea. So okay. I thought to myself, I could date him. If it didn't work out, he's up there, I'm down here. Um, but after that first date, uh, I still really wasn't sure. I just kept praying to God, like if there's roadblocks, I need to see them. I've got to, you've got to make them very clear. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the communication was open uh, because of the distance. We only could see each other on the weekends and we would spend probably a good 10 to 12 hours on a Saturday and Sunday each getting to know each other, driving to different places in the States. Um, immediately fell in love with our small little house church up here, which is about 12 people now, four years right. later. Right. And um, uh, I think we'd only been going out maybe three or four weeks when he said, Sandy, I know you're hurt, got a lot of damage. You don't like surprises. 
He said, so I want you to know I fully intend on proposing marriage to you at the right time and the right place. So I want you to think about those things as we continue to move forward. And I just remember going, whoa, like, <laughs> God, are you, are you sure? And every time I prayed to God, all I heard was, yes, this is the one. Yes, wow. this is the one. Roadblock after roadblock that seemed to kind of come up mm-hmm. just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And um, so we met on May 2nd and we were married on <laughs> August 7th, <laughs> 98 days, <laughs> which people oh, are just right. like, whoa, that's really fast. And I guess in some ways it might be, except that there was nothing. There were no roadblocks at all. Like it was just so clear and his conviction about being a disciple of Christ. I could spend hours talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the amazing thing about everything was I wasn't necessarily wanting for it all to happen fast. In fact, I kind of kept putting stuff brakes on back, right. and praying, praying and praying, God, mm-hmm. I don't know this about him. I don't know this about him. These are important people from the church. All oh, he's just wide open. He calls it, I ran the gauntlet. But he did it lovingly and he did it joyfully. He <laughs> wanted to, pe- you know, people to get to know him. There were no, there was nothing. I'd spend time in prayer and all I kept hearing about was, no, I have plans for you guys. I have plans for you. I see how he relies on prayer more than anything. Um, and he's so off the beaten path of what I've seen in a lot of Christian men, that it impresses me. Uh, He's an incredible servant and he challenges me to really dig deeper in with God. And that's what I hoped for, was a man that was gonna challenge me to dig deeper with God. Right. And so we're going to the marriage retreat in two weeks. (laughs) And actually get there. Uh, and you know, a lot of people are excited for me. He's like, it's the Mary's retreat. I'm like, no, it's the Mary's retreat. <laughs> it's really cool to sit back and not take control and yes. just obey and just yeah. do what God says to do and watch him. Yeah. The sky's the limit when we get out of God's way. Yes. Yes. You know, unfortunately, we spend most of our lives in God's way and then we're complaining to God for not moving faster, you know, and God is like, I can't because you're in the way. If you would just move, I can do what I'm, what I'm going to do anyway. Just get out of the way. <laughs> you're right, BJ, because if I wouldn't have moved my expectations and my yeah. checklist out of the way, mm-hmm. I would have never met John. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to the items on my checklist, whether mm-hmm. they be physical, character, the top of my list was a man who was honest, honest about everything, even the things that might be uncomfortable to talk about, but just honest. And we, we have this phrase in our relationship that he calls, Sandy, we have the ecstasy of honesty. Hmm. And it's like, just think about what that is. The ecstasy of honesty is so hard to achieve in pretty much any relationship today because people 
are afraid to either hurt someone's feelings or they don't care about them when they deliver. Mm-hmm. And we have the, the healthy balance of truth and love in our relationship. And honesty was the top of the list right under loving God more than me. <laughs> right. And um, there isn't anything on my checklist that John doesn't meet that God knew about other than five, six, but that still makes him six inches taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're kind of a little runt. So there you go. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's just so important for all of us to hear. You know, God, I think God smiles when we make our lists. It's okay. You know, the scripture says, present your request before God. But then after that, why don't we just let God who knows, the master designer, let him decide ultimately what it is we really need. I love what you said in the very beginning. You said, uh, Satan's coming after you because I've got big plans for you. Yeah. You know, and I think that's true for all of us. God has big plans for us. So when Satan comes after us, if we don't run away, if we don't give in mm-hmm. to the attack and stand up under the attack, God is saying, I've got big plans for you. If you just go along with me, I'm going to use this to develop you into a stronger man or a stronger woman. And then I have great plans for you. And that's what I'm hearing. I'm so, I'm just so happy for you. You know, I I follow you just to see what was happening because everything was going so fast. It was. (laughs) Well, when God moves, there's no stopping that freight train. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's right. So it's just been really exciting to watch God move in your life. So I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled for you. And I can't wait till John, I'm coming his way because I want to hear his side of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll definitely let him know. He's got his head buried in books this morning, but I just thank you for the opportunity to reach out and connect. and, um, and, And yes, I really do hope that testimony, story, whatever you want to call it, that I've walked with Jesus helps somebody to hold on just a little bit longer to really trust that God is good and Mm -hmm. his plan is uh, unfathomable and it's perfect in its execution, in its timing, um, just don't, just don't let go of the goodness of Jesus, because if it's not fun in this life without Jesus, sin looks and tastes like it's fun, but it's not fun when you think about the consequences. Just don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great ending note. So girl, thank you so much, everybody. This is my friend, Sandy Connolly. I'm going to use their new name. And, um, you know, as I always say, whatever we do, be on the lookout for the hand of God. His yep. hand is everywhere. Look out for the imprint of God's hand in your life, and it will not lead you astray. Thank you, my friend. I love you. Give my love to John. Tell him I look forward to meeting him. 
All right, that is going to wrap it up for this week, guys. I hope you have been enlightened and encouraged. Please join me next week for a whole new testimony. And before we say goodbye, I want to say thank you to my music man, Mr. David Burnett Graham. Check out my new book, Rebound, Staging a Spiritual Comeback. You can find that on Amazon. And please leave me any comments on my website, enoughasyouare.com. Follow me on Instagram, everybody. Until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God.